one bout of sickness and another one comes along. But uh, I'm glad that I'm serving a God that's able to heal, able to deliver, and able to set free. Amen. And uh, I'm serving a good God today. And uh, we're so good, so glad to have uh, our guests that are here today. And uh, if you are a guest that is here, we want you to know that we are honored that you come to be with us. Lord bless you for coming to God's house. And uh, it's good to see Sister Cook's sister here in service with us today. And uh, good to see Brother Larry Wallace here today. And uh, glad to have him here all the way from J.S. Mississippi. And uh, good to see, I can't get all their names straight, but they was once a Wiggins and always a Wiggins. So we're glad to see her here this morning. Lord bless you for being in the God's house. And everyone else, if you are a guest, we want you to know that we're extremely glad that you're here. And the uh, Lord bless you for coming to the Lord's house today. Tonight, uh, Brother Pixler will be here with us, and uh, we're looking forward to that. And uh, be faithful to the house of God. Invite someone to come uh, be in God's house with you tonight. And uh, let's come praying, expecting, and believing the Lord for a great move of the Holy Ghost tonight in uh, the service. And uh, then uh, we will be leaving Wednesday morning, and uh, we'll be gone for a week. We're leaving Wednesday, and good Lord willing, coming home Wednesday. And uh, so Brother Duplessy will be preaching Wednesday night. Brother James will be here with us the weekend, or here with you all the weekend, and uh, be here for the next three weeks, and we're looking forward to that. We'll have a great time in the Lord with him and uh, his wife. And uh, so remember that, be faithful to God's house and uh, find you a place to pray every day and seek the face of God. And uh, for all of those who are going on the trip uh, Wednesday, we need to have a meeting tonight and we'll do that in uh, the youth room upstairs at 6 o'clock. So at 6 o'clock tonight, if you're going on the trip Wednesday, we need to meet with everyone that is going 6 o'clock upstairs in the youth room so don't forget that and uh, good to see sister lisa here in church today and uh, glad that she's able to be here thank god for helping her and strengthening her and uh, we want to pray for all of those who are fighting battles and uh, pray especially for sister robbie mcmullen that god would give her a miracle in her body and uh, touch her, Sister Sharon, ask God to give her a miracle. And uh, I know that we're serving a miracle-working God that is able to heal, deliver, and set free, and we're believing him to do so. Amen. So let's remember those special needs. And uh, Sister Ashley and Brother Trey are the proud parents of another uh, son. And uh, we are thankful for all of those who can produce man children around the church. And uh, so, and uh, we congratulate them. I know they're home this morning, but ask God to touch her and uh, give her a quick recovery. I talked to Brother Trey on the phone. We were out of, out of uh, town at youth camp, and I talked to him. I said, well, Brother Trey, what do you think? He's going to be about 6'6 six, six or 6'7. Six, he said, it would be a miracle. And uh, so uh, <clears throat> he doesn't have much, much chance of being a tall man in his life. But uh, I tell you what, that, that quad is, is a character. And uh, we are proud for them today. 
and um, thank the Lord for a healthy baby. And uh, so, anyway, uh, there's something else. Oh, yes, youth camp this past week. We had a wonderful time in the Lord. Kind of waiting on the rest of the classes to get in, but we had a wonderful time in the Lord this past week. Uh, wonderful campground, and uh, everything was so good. It was so good getting to, to camp, and uh, we didn't have to worry about changing light bulbs or cleaning dorms or, or paying light bills or uh, all of those things, getting people to do repairs. Everything was clean and nice, and uh, we had a wonderful time. We just need to pray that those folks will be able to build an auditorium over there. And uh, But we had a great camp. Uh, Brother Atkins preached, and uh, we had many, many uh, young young kids receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I forget. I don't have a final count, but um, Monday and Tuesday night, uh, they all, Tuesday night before he preached, they all come up to the front that received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I think it was somewhere around 15, uh, between 15 and 20 that gathered up front claiming the gift of the Holy Ghost. For that, we are grateful. And uh, I tell you what, the devil starts young, so we ought to start a lot younger in training our children and uh, seeing them filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I, I can remember our very first junior camp. I can't remember what year it was, but um, it was before I even uh, <clears throat> was a member of the Gulf Coast uh, Fellowship. And uh, Brother Herod asked me to come preach. I think I was 18 years old, so that was just a couple of years ago and uh, and, and uh, we uh, had service there there was uh, 50 I think like 55 kids received the gift of the Holy Ghost in those services and uh, some of them uh, some of them I know for a fact still have it today and I know one young lady that received the gift of the Holy Ghost in that that meeting from Stuttgart that has done uh, passed away now and gone on to receive her reward and uh, received it as a young child and lived for God all her life until God called her home. That's what it's all about today. Amen. Is receiving something from God. And I'm not interested in something that passes, but I'm interested in something that would remain. Amen. And I believe that this morning as what Brother Duplessis was teaching today that that is a firm foundation. Amen. A firm foundation. And uh, that's what we want to build on, the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and Jesus Christ being that chief cornerstone. Amen. When we, we have been studying the book of Acts, our studies have been uh, kind of disturbed the last couple of weeks, but we have been studying. And I always go back. Every, just about every chapter in the book of Acts, you will find the importance of the name of Jesus. The importance of the name of Jesus. And uh, I tell you, if we're going to build the church, if we're going to build the church of God, we've got to build upon Jesus' name. Lord bless you this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, and we'll read... Verse number 10, uh, bear with me again today. I do apologize for my voice and for the congestion that I have and um, pray at the Lord to give me deliverance over this. This has been about, uh, I think, uh, 
Tuesday will start my seventh week, but I'd just like to get rid of it today. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse number 10. Very, very familiar passage of Scripture. And I think about two or three, week, three weeks ago, I uh, taught from uh, kind of this same subject, but uh, take another uh, different, little different direction this morning from this. But 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 10. Now... I beseech you, therefore, or I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind, in the same mind, and in the same judgment that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. The Apostle Paul instructing the church at Corinth that we should speak the same thing and that there would be no divisions among you. Lord bless you for standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. You may be seated. <coughs> So, um, I will, I will uh, do my best to, to uh, preach to you what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart for this service this morning, and uh, may not get real uh, excited today, but uh, bear with me because uh, this is kind of rough, this stuff. But I want to talk to you from this point, or this subject this morning. The power of unity. The power of unity. I believe that unity, and if you would look at unity in the world today, and you could take a lot of different avenues, you could take a lot of different illustrations to illustrate unity and where unity is needed. And uh, there, is, there is something called timing. And uh, it is uh, a part of unity. I, I can remember, uh, I, I, rem I just, uh, Father's Day when I was talking about my daddy and uh, told you about a dream that he had about a car that he was rebuilding and he was trying to find the right timing order and uh, how to uh, line up the timing where the car would run smoothly. That was a form of unity. There has to be unity in an engine or the engine does not work correctly. You ever had an engine that one of the cylinders would burn out on it or uh, one of the spark plug wires was messed up and it kind of would miss and sputter and jump and buck because the unity that it needed to run was not there. And uh, there is a need for unity in all aspects of our life. If you're working on a job and uh, you have someone that is not working in harmony or unity, it causes a problem in the job. There is, there is uh, difficulties there because you got someone, or if you have someone that is causing a problem by not carrying their load or their weight or doing the project that they should be 
doing. You ever had anyone tell you they're going to do something and then they don't show up or they don't do it? That causes a problem in unity. It makes a person that, that uh, they were supposed to do it for very angry, number one. And so it disturbs unity. And uh, so there is different parts that de de depends on a another part. And uh, there is different parts of the body. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. That there is different parts of the body that are important parts that may not be parts that are seen, that are well recognized, are, are noticeable to the natural eye, but they are very important to the unity of the body, of the body working together. We would look odd with uh, three or four arms because that's not the way that God positioned the body. And uh, we would look very odd with two heads, but that's not the way that God positioned the body. So there has to be a uniform, a unity. Uh, there, people are identified by their uniform and uh, what, what uh, place they work and uh, uh, how they are, what position they have are identified by that. You look at, at the, the sheriff's department, they have a uniform that they wear. The police department has a uniform that they wear. Uh, <clears throat> some of you could look at the game warden, you know what kind of uniform they wear. And, uh, but there is, there is a unity because they are working together. And uh, there must be a unity in our lives. There is a unity in a family that is extremely important in the success of a family. Have you ever heard of dysfunctional families? Not you, How many has ever lived in a dysfunctional Don't raise your hand, but lived in a dysfunctional family. How many is living in a dysfunctional family? Answer that very quietly and softly. Just answer it in your mind. And uh, no need to bring that to light. But, but there is a unity that must be in a family for a family to succeed and to be the family that God has called them to be. Have you ever seen a family where someone wasn't doing their part or carrying their load or, or working in the areas that they should not or they should be working in? A man and a wife must have unity to have a successful marriage. They say that there is something that they have discovered that has destroyed a lot of relationships, a good friendship. And that is uh, to say that weddings destroy a lot of uh, good relationships and friendships. But, but that is not God's plan and that is not God's will. God's will that the man and the woman, the wife and the husband should, yes, that's still a man and a woman, not a, a man playing a woman's part, but, but there is a unity <coughs> that must take part. There is, there is someone that must lead in God's word. It still says the male. Um, but in 
public opinion seems to have that twisted up and mixed up, but that's still not God's plan. That's the reason why some people have a lot of trouble. And then for someone to lead, boy, that was weak. But for someone to lead, there must be someone that follows that lead. Amen. That position is the woman's position still in the Word of God today. Say that real quietly and peacefully where I don't get any sticks or stones thrown up here. But that's still God's plan. That's still God's will. That's still the way the book says that it should be done. And that's the way that it will work. If we work in unity, now that does not mean a dictator by any stretch of the imagination. But that means someone who is leading with a good godly example in a godly way. That there has to be unity, there has to be submission. Most wedding vows, uh, when they are uh, read and then participated by the bride and the groom states these matters. Now, I don't think a lot of people pays any attention to what's in those wedding vows because their, their mind and everything is so clouded up and they're, they're, you know, they don't think there'll ever be any time where they would have an argument or disagree or anything like that. But, but it doesn't take long in a marriage where there is <laughs> budding of the heads. They call that a meeting of the minds. And uh, there is, there is. Uh, I can remember Brother Griffin testifying on one of his uh, anniversaries. He said him and his wife never had an argument in ever how many years, many, many, many years of marriage. He said, now they did have some, some discussions that kind of got the neighbors worried about them, but never really an argument. But so that sometimes is a kind of unity that a lot of people have now. The book of Amos says in 3 and 3, can two walk together except they agree? Now a lot of people's walking together and they're agreeing that their marriage is just a total wreck. But that's not God's plan and that's not God's will. There has to be a unity. And I want to tell you the way that you can do that is in an old-fashioned altar of prayer. And seeking God's face and getting the mind and the will of God and just falling in love all over again. Boy, y'all quiet this morning. Y'all are scared to death where this is headed, ain't you? But we're not, we're not going to tarry here long so y'all can relax and kind of enjoy the service. But I can remember Brother, Brother MacDaniel telling me how... Uh, years of marriage and he said the secret of their success was a word called love amen. amen a word called love and much love on his wife's part I'm sure that he would agree to that and so their love will cover a multitude of sin God loves us and his love covers a multitude of sin. If he did not love us, he would have condemned us to die a long time ago. And that is the same way in a relationship. I've said this over and over and over again. But our marriage relationship is a mirror image of our relationship with God. And that is the way that we should do it. 
There must be unity and harmony in a family for a family to succeed. That's what's wrong with this country today. One of the many things that is wrong with this entire uh, world that we are living in today. People have things so mixed up and so complicated and so out of order and so out of whack and in total chaos because they have no unity. They, they know no place. They know no boundaries. They do not know what God is expecting or desires of them in their lives. And I tell you today, the most important thing that we have here in this life, other than God, is our family. And if we gain the whole world, and lose our family, what have we profited? If we evangelize the whole world and we lose our own, what have we profited? I tell you today, all of you that has children, it's not God's will that they backslide when they get 16 years old. Amen. It's not God's will that they walk out the church doors at the age of 18, never to return again and dislike the house of God. That's not God's plan. But I want to tell you, if we could fall in this unity business with God, and in our relationship, some of them, no wonder that they get angry and wonder, is there anything real to this at all? When they see fussing and chaos and bickering and biting and anger and hatred and bitterness. If God does that, why live for God? That's not God's will and that's not God's plan. There must be a holy unity, a bond together. Boy, I better move off of that that point there and move on to something else that would be a little more in, enjoyable. But let's speak about, for a few moments, about unholy unity. There is a type of unholy unity that still gets the job done. You look at people, uh, even today, you would look at those who are angry at the verdict that was given out last night, and uh, they are already rioting they're already causing disturbance they're expressing themselves and and what they feel like was unjust or and those who feel like was just and just reward was given are expressing those themselves and so there is a unity to have a riot you've got to have unity first you've got to have somebody to organize it somebody to get together and somebody say, hey, come over here, let's do this. Let's tear down this building. Let's, let's burn this, this project. Let's, let's do this or let's do that. So you have to have an unholy unity. We can go to the Bible and we can find in Genesis chapter 11. Now, this was a time when men, the scripture said, and the whole earth was one language and of one speech. That is unity. They had one language, and they had one speech. Even in this country, we can't decide that there's one language. We have to have it written in a, 
couple of different languages. That kind of irritates me. That's kind of an irritation on my spine. But I go to other countries and they're not, they're not worried about if I can read the signs or not. <laughs> if you want to be in their country, learn their language. And uh, I feel like that's... But the reason why we have that is because we don't have unity in government or anywhere else. We can't come to a conclusion or make a decision. But the scripture says, y'all probably be, be glad when I get well too where I can just go ahead and preach and quit rambling. But the scripture said that they were all one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain called Sinar and dwelt there. And they said one to another. This one speech was bringing them together. And they began to communicate with one another. Lots of people's problem is there's no communication. No one knows what the other one feels or what the other one thinks. So you don't care what the other thinks or feels or anything like that. I said I was going to get off of that. So let's go on. And one said to the other... Let go too. Let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. That they and they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said again, they come together in unity. And they said, and they begin to build the tower. And they said, Go to let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto the heavens. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Now let us come together. Let us build us a city. Let us have unity. Let's have a common place, a common goal. And let's work for that goal because we do not want to become divided. And we want to come together. And the Lord came down. Now this unity even got God's attention. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. God knew what unity was able to do. Behold, the people is one. And they have one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Anything that they've imagined to do will not be restrained from them. Why? Because they had the same language. They were speaking the same thing. Why? Because they had come together in unity. Why? Because they had all decided to work. Why? Because they had all decided to work on the same thing. They were building them a city. They were building them a tower to reach into heaven. And God said this unity will get the job done. Even though it's doing the wrong job, unity is still powerful even in the wrong hands and used for the wrong reason or used for the wrong purpose. Amen. There is those who have got together a clan and they have discussed a matter and got together with unholy unity and dabbled in business that they should not. 
Can I say that there are those who are unified on Facebook that are dabbling in business that they should not dabble in. Talking about things that they should not talk about. And they got unity and they are destroying people because of unholy unity. I said it's going to get better. Maybe it's going to get worse. But, but anyway, there is still an unholy unity. There are still unholy imaginations where people get on there and they type evil imaginations. They type the thoughts of their mind. And trust me, some of you should keep your thoughts to yourself. Don't put them out where everyone can read your thought. There has to be a unity of godly unity and not unholy unity. We were never called to destroy. We were never called to discuss someone else's failures, our shortcomings. But we were called to restore one another in the spirit of meekness. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. God said, I've got to do something. I wish God would come down and see some of this evil technology that we have today that is destroying good people and just blow it up. Just get rid of it. Throw it off of the face of the earth. And say, man, those people are going to do whatever they, they're going to imagine. They're going to do whatever imagination comes to their mind. And that's what's going on in people's life today. Unholy unity. You get somebody, oh, I agree with that. Like or dislike. Thumbs up, buddy. I like that. And you get another one. Well, you like, oh, yeah, I like that. Well, let's go to town on so-and-so. But let me tell you, you might be the next one in line. Ah, that's good preaching. I don't care who you are right there. Amen. <clears throat> Unholy unity. That wasn't even in my notes. That just jumped on my mind. Arr, I wonder why. <laughs> that always needs to be preached on. Unholy unity. So God said, what I have got to do, I've got to come down here and bust up this unity that they have. I've got to come down and I've got to, to mess up their unified body that they have. So God comes down and he starts dividing them up in sections by their language. No longer were they able to communicate. No longer were they able to get together. But they begin to seek out those who they could understand. One speaking this language, one speaking that language. Well, let me find somebody I can understand. And whatever ones you could understand, that was your group. So you know what happened? The unity was divided. It was dispersed across the known world at that time. And they begin to go to different sections and do different things. The Tower of Babel was never finished because God stopped the unified body that was there. Now if God would have let them continue on and be unified, even God said they're going to do whatever they imagine. Because that is the power of unity. Now I want to tell you today, let me go back. I feel like going back and touching on this subject that I passed over just a few minutes ago that had all of you so nervous. Some of you wondering what's wrong with your marriage and wondering what's wrong with your relationship. 
I want to tell you, you can have the best relationship, the best marriage that was ever invented if you would just get together in unity and harmony and find God's purpose and God's will for your life and quit butting heads and quit having all the meeting of the minds of who's wrong and who's right and say, hey, we got to get an altar and we have got to find the unity and the peace and the love and the joy that God wants us to have. It's quite evident that you once loved each other or you would not be married. Remember when you call her a dummy and she's just stupid and ignorant and don't have any sense. It's quite evident by who she chose to marry. Woo! That's the truth right there. I don't know. Boy, I normally eat cinnamon rolls every morning, every Sunday morning before I come to church. This morning, my wife, she forgot them, left them in the refrigerator in my office, so I didn't have any cinnamon rolls. And I had some frozen biscuits, and that's what I ate, so that might be the cause of this. Pray that she don't forget my cinnamon rolls. Y'all might need to cut this off the internet. I don't know. <clears throat> but, but that unity, you can, you can find somebody's intelligence by who they hang around. <laughs> Sometimes by who they live with. <laughs> so be careful criticizing that mate that God allowed you to spend your life with. Amen. 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 Unity. 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 There is a difference in harmony and unity than division. And the devil is working to divide. You know the devil's in to destroy in families. What he comes in to do is try to divide families. You can live in the same house and still be divided. And a house divided against itself will not stand and will not prosper and will not be the house that is built upon the rock. I am interested in building my house on a firm foundation. I am interested in having in my house a place of peace and safety and harmony for my children. That it's not a place that they come home and say, Oh God, i got to go to that horrible place again. But it's a place that they can go to and say, If I can just get to the house, I know everything's going to be good there. I know everything's going to be fine there. I know everything's going to be well there. If I can just get to the house, that's the kind of house that I'm interested in building. Amen. Amen. Then there is holy unity. Now, all of that said, this is what I come to talk to us about this morning. Y'all said, I should have forgot that other, but that's just the way that it goes. In Psalms chapter 133, verses 1 through 3 says, it's a song of David. He said, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. He said, this is what it's like. 
It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard. Even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garments. As they, as the dew of Hermon. And as the dew that descends upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Unity. Unity. He said how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. He said it's even like the ointment that run down off of Aaron's head onto his beard. And it covered the entire garment. It went from the top of his head to the very soles of his feet. And it got on the ground where he was standing. There is something about unity. That when you have unity in the home. And you have unity in the church. It doesn't stop there but it covers the head. And it runs down the cheeks. And it runs off of the beard even to the garments. And it covers the ground wherever we stand. Everywhere we step is the peace and the harmony and the unity of God. God is not divided against Himself. Amen. But God wants harmony. God wants unity because there is a power that is unexplainable when the church works together in unity. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The church... We look at the New Testament church in Acts chapter 2 and verse 44. Remember this is right after the message that was preached in the book of Acts. The new plan of salvation. The New Testament plan of salvation. This is what it had to say about the, the disciples. It said, and all that believed were together. And they had all things in common. Can I tell you today, church, that we are living in a wicked and a perverse world. If there's ever a time where the church needs to be gathered together for a certain cause, amen, in the same mind and in the same spirit, with the mind set to work, to where we are working together and not against each other, amen, we are living in the last days, and the church needs to fulfill its purpose, but without the unity and the power that unity brings we can never fulfill the purpose that God has called the church to do amen because a house divided against itself will not stand can I tell you that someone on this side of the church cannot hate someone over here someone in the middle cannot like someone in the back Someone in the back cannot have something against a brother or a sister in the front. There has to be a godly unity, a unified body. That's like your right hand 
telling your left hand, I don't like you and I'm angry at you and I just want to pound you. I just want to fight you. I just want to rebel against you. Oh no, we have got to have a godly unity in the house of God because we are called to do a work for God. We are called for a purpose, for a reason and God has a work for the church to do in the last days that we are living in. Amen. Amen. Christ is not divided, neither can the church be. He said, how wonderful it is. Now the Apostle Paul was writing the first letter to the church at Corinth. And he is writing this because of things that he had heard. Not just the things that God had given him, but there were certain situations that he was dealing with because he had heard about what was going on he said now I hear that there's some division among you I hear that there's some problems I hear that there's some bickering and one of the things that they were arguing about was who baptized who and who was the most important and who was the big I and who's the little you and what are you going to do and what position you have they were just being people and Paul said, now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. Now this is, this is, they, now, now don't take me wrong as what, what I am saying this morning, but, but the acts, the, 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 the outpouring of the Holy Ghost had failed uh, some days ago. And uh, there had been a great revival. And now a lot of those people who had received the gift of the Holy Ghost were now just trying to live for God. Now I would like to say that when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, all of your problems cease. No, that's when you start living for God. When you receive the Holy Ghost. And so he is writing a letter. And in the time, a process of time, there begin to be friction in the church and this one against that one and this one thinking that they were greater than that one and, and uh, this one saying, well, this one baptized me so that gives me the greater authority and the greater blessing. The Apostle Paul said we need to get back to the basics of what God called us to do back in Acts chapter 2 when we all had the same common cause and the same common goal in life. Can I call you back to the day that you first received the gift of the Holy Ghost and you had that that burning desire. You didn't see any evil in anybody. Oh, praise God. You didn't see anything wrong with anybody. I was talking to someone one day. And, uh, man, I remember when they got the Holy Ghost. Man, this was the greatest place. The greatest place on earth. Everybody was so nice. Everybody was so friendly. Everybody wanted to worship. Everybody wanted to compliment. Everybody was just great. They come to me about a year later and said, man, that one ain't living right. That one ain't doing right. That one there is sinning. 
That one there shouldn't be doing that. That one, oh, there ain't nobody living right. I said, ho, ho, ho. Now, let's go back. Let's, let's rewind this thing. You remember, you remember when you got the Holy Ghost, uh-huh. I said, you remember what it felt, uh-huh. I said, you remember how nice everybody was, uh-huh. But it ain't like it was then. I said, you remember how, how when everybody, everybody was just loving God, everybody was worshiping God? Yeah, but they ain't doing that no more. I said, no. I said, they're not the problem. You're the one that's not like you were the day you got the Holy Ghost. Because when you get full of the Holy Ghost, you quit worrying about your neighbor. And you start trying to help them instead of criticize and ridicule. Everybody struggles. Everybody has shortcomings. Everybody has a misstep every once in a while. But if I'm full of the Holy Ghost, what I do is I reach down. Come on, you're going to make it. I'm not about to kick you out of the church. we got to get unity here. We've got to get together here. Let's get back to the certain cause that God has called us to do. Hallelujah. Somebody give God some praise. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. But when we get full of the Holy Ghost, what happened was the church of Corinth needed revival again. They needed a preacher to come by and wake them up and help them to realize, hey, the Holy Ghost has not changed. Now everybody else don't change all at once, but we change that changes everybody at once. It's kind of like putting on a, a dark pair of sunglasses. Man, have you ever had on a dark pair of sunglasses and left them on for a while? You're driving down the road and you say, boy, it's getting cloudy. Man, it's getting cloudy. It must be about getting dark around here. Man, it shouldn't be time for the sun to go down, but we had on those, you take them off and everything just brightens up. I want to tell you, if you'd take some of this, this bickering and disagreement and discord and some people can't even get along with their self. You put them in a vehicle by their self, they'll about wreck it, arguing and fussing with their self. Disgusting and carrying on. If you get happy in God, if you really get the Holy Ghost. Now, I, I just tell you, I tell you. Now, this is what I heard an old elder say one time, so don't blame me. This comes from a, an elder, Roy Rowley. And uh, now, you probably ain't going to like this. I'm going to tell you. Now, I, I take a disclaimer. I didn't say it. I'm just quoting it, okay? Now, this is what he said. He was... He was counseling uh, a couple there that was having trouble. And uh, one of them said, he asked them, said, well, you got the Holy Ghost? Mm-hmm, got it. He said, well, you got the Holy Ghost? I, I got the Holy Ghost. And he said, well, said, I'll find a problem with that. He said, if either one of you has a Holy Ghost, you'll be able to live with the other one. Sometimes I wish I had a plexiglass up here as bulletproof. And eye proof, <laughs> laser eyes. <laughs> but he said, if either one of you have the Holy Ghost, you'll be able to get along with the other one. 
Because the Holy Ghost is just that powerful that it changes your outlook. Woo! It'll change your desire. I tell you one thing, man, it'll change you where you don't look at everything else walking around. And you'll keep your eyes at home where they belong. And you'll worry about what's going on around your own front door and won't worry about everybody else's. That's what the Holy Ghost will do for you. It'll make you fall in love all over again. But what we have got to do is fall in love with Jesus. It's about falling in love with Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Unity. The power of unity. The devil could not stop the church. The devil could not hinder the church. Persecution could not hinder the church. Death could not hinder the church. But you know what could hinder the church? Is when division started working in the church. And that's what stops the move of God. And that's what stops revival. And that's what stops the flow of the Spirit. What would happen? Now, I know this morning we're working with a smaller crowd. And the crowd affects people because you're sitting there. You, I, I, to be honest with you, I'm wondering where they're at too. And, uh, but but uh, <clears throat> shouldn't be, but I, I do get distracted. And I, I want to preach to all those who are not here. All you the good ones here this morning. I'm preaching to all those that's not here today. So y'all. <laughs> but but we, get, we get distracted by things that are going on. And things get our attention and our mind and they divert us. But, but if we all come into church. And you know the reason why I say. Why don't we all come up front? I put emphasis on all. Why don't we all lift our hands? Why don't we all leap for joy? Why don't we all get involved? I want to tell you, when we all get involved and we get in unity, there is a power that the devil cannot stop. There is a revival that the devil cannot shut down because there is a power in a holy unity with God that we come together tonight. Tonight I'm coming to the house of God. I come to worship Him. I come to praise Him. I come to magnify Him. I come to give Him glory. And somebody else said, I come to do the same thing. And somebody else said, I come to worship with you. I come to press through with you. And we start getting a unified body together. And the Holy Ghost fills the house of God. The power the power of unity. The power of unity. That's what I'm talking about this morning. There is a power in unity that the devil can not stop. But if the devil can draw a line between you and this one over here and that one over there and he puts dividers where if this one sings, this section worships. And if that one sings, well, this one back here is going to worship. 
And if this one sings, that one's going to get up and walk out. And if this one's, well, I just can't, I can't worship. Not me. Not me. Not me. I can't. I can't. Mm-mm. Bunch of sinful hypocrites. Well, tell me where you fit in. Where you belong. And then you get on, you get on that unholy, ungodly thing. And you start, can you believe? Who was throwing themselves a so-called dot, dot, dot. Smiley face, smiley face, frowny face. Can you believe? They just spun around like a top looked so stupid. Check this picture out. Like or dislike. Like or dislike. We're going to like that or we're going to dislike. I tell you what, I dislike it and God hates it. Amen. But why can't, why can't the church come together and say, hey, man, you know, maybe, just maybe, I know, but maybe they had a prayer meeting before church. Maybe they said, God, would you forgive me? I know I failed. Have you ever did that? Have you ever had to do it? Some of you may not have ever done it, but you need to do it. Amen. Maybe they spent some time with tears rolling down their face and said, God, you know I didn't mean that. You know, God, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to be a partaker in that. God, have mercy on me. Amen. Put your mind to the unity of Christ and the working for the kingdom of God and doing something profitable for God's house. Hallelujah. Instead of being a tool of Satan himself trying to destroy, trying to bring discord. So we find that immediately the church suffers persecution. Where is it? Acts chapter 3 or 4. They killed James. They put Peter in prison, going to take off his head. Then on and on and on, the church suffers persecution. That did not stop revival but when Paul wrote the letter to Corinth he said now we got a serious problem it's not that without but it's that within you see it's not necessarily all of that that's happening on the outside that's the problem but it's that that's coming in that's infiltrating itself the terrorists, what did they do? They infiltrated themselves. They, they come in and they mingled together. They became one of us. We taught them how to fly planes. We even send them bombs today. Crazy. Send them fighter planes, I guess, where they can bomb us if they ever decide to. But, but they, they come in and they became part of us. What was a terrorist in Boston? Man, they were in our schools. We were paying for their college. They became part of us. But you know what they were doing 
They were sowing discord. And the devil has come in and said, Hey, I'm one of you. I'm part of you. You know what so-and-so said about you? Oh, I'm part of you. Oh, don't, don't worry about it. I, I'm, I'm okay, huh? But you know, they don't like you. And the devil comes in and he starts working in our midst. And he destroys the unity of the church. And the church suffers. The kingdom of God suffers. The work of God suffers. And we are never able to fulfill our purpose and our goal that God has set for the church. Brother Jeffrey, come, come sing. Sing something happy. We are happy people. Yes, we are. Been baptized in Jesus' name. Spoken in tongues as the Holy Ghost came. We are happy people. Yes, we are. We are to be a unified body of Jesus Christ. We are the reflection. We are what people see of Jesus Christ in this world today. Is the picture that they are seeing, is it a beautiful picture? Is it a pretty picture? The devil, the devil would like to slip in, but you are, you are to, to be a unified, unified body. Working together. Working together. When you move something together. You, a couple of you boys come up here. One of you grab that end of that altar bench. One of you grab this end of the altar bench. If you think you can pick it up now, if you can't. Ray, you be careful with the altar bench. <laughs> now, now, don't get radical on me, okay? Pick it up. I want you to carry it over there and you to carry it over here. Don't get radical. We don't want nothing tore up. You see, it won't work. It won't work. But when they get together, now both of y'all move it right over there, up against that wall right there, just as close as you can get it. See how unity works? But they got to be working for the same cause, the same purpose, the same goal. Both of their goals, both of their desires. All right, now both of you move it back over here. See how that works? That's unity. Both of them doing the same, they got the same mindset. And if the mind of Christ is in us, what was the mind of Christ? He was never destroying. He was never, he was never into tearing up. He did throw the money changers out of the temple. But he was into restoring. He was in saying, I know, I know the one you're living with now, that's not even your, your husband. But you have had five. But you know, let me tell you, if you drink from this well, you're never going to thirst again. He didn't say, bless God, you can't ever be saved. Get out of my presence. No, he stayed there purposely to be a witness to her. Mary Magdalene came to him. 
Simon says, they were in Simon's house, Simon says, if he were a prophet, he'd know what kind of woman this is. But no, the mind of Christ is supposed to be in the church today. And if the mind of Christ is in the church, we're all about, no, restore, 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 restore. How many times you keep restoring? How many times do I, you keep forgiving? How many times I, you just keep on doing it? Restore. Build a hedge. Build a protection. No, that's my brother. That's my sister. I love them. That's God's children. Let's all stand today. Hallelujah. Why don't we all just gather around? Why don't we all just gather around this front this morning? Lift our hands toward heaven. Let me read one more scripture as you come. Leviticus chapter 26, verse number 8. See, some of you ain't got the picture. Some of you, I say, let us all come to the front and you're headed to the back. And five of you shall chase a hundred. And a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight. And your enemy shall fall before you by the sword. When we all work together, when we all get together, when we all have the mind of Christ, and we all do the things that God has wanted us to do. Five can do a little bit, but a hundred can put ten thousand to flight. Amen. God, let's lift our hands toward heaven and ask God for unity. Hallelujah.